Welcome everyone to Fantasy Foresight, the podcast. We're your hosts and co-founders of FantasyForesight.com, coming to you from the Rambo Fixture Company Studios. I'm Ben. And I'm Jay. You ready to get rolling, Jay? You know it. Let's do this. All right, let's go. Welcome in, everyone. It is Sunday, December 6th. We've got our guy Steve at FF underscore Encyclopedia back with us. We've got a whole new list of buys and sells versus their aggregate projections heading into week 13. Then we'll round out the episode with Steve's speculative stashes. And once again, Fantasy Foresight, the podcast is live. How you doing today, Jay? Ben, it's week 13, my friend. The end of the regular season in most league formats. You know, we're heading into the playoffs. We're right there in the thick of things winding this wacky crazy wild season down and i'm ready to go man we're starting to hit a stride on accuracy here at the end of the season which we always do gotta love that and i love that uh you know it sounds like Riggs is ready to go too steve how are you doing today my friend (laughs) oh pretty well like we talked about very briefly there jay before we hopped onto the podcast was um it was just one of those mornings in the Lizette household where you're just kind of glad to get down to the basement and get a little piece, <laughs> yeah. talk a little fantasy football. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's week 13. I know for me, I'm, I'm in a couple of leagues. It's like win and get in. So it's kind of like the playoffs today. And it makes it, you know, it's always exciting. But that also when the stakes are so high, it makes it extra exciting. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Steve. You guys have to be excited because really the Browns Titans is the premier matchup mm. this weekend with some huge playoff implications And, you know, like you said, Steve, big time week in a lot of fantasy leagues out there. And I wanted to, you know, give a quick shout out uh, regarding the Scott Fish Bowl. Uh, Ben and I's teams both made the playoffs this week. I think we're both in action this week. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, But uh, yeah, you know, promising, promising end of the season. And now in the total foresight challenge, Team Foresight has an opportunity to get four out of the six playoff teams in. So if things break right, you know, Team Foresight's going to be representing well. At a minimum, it's going to be another 50-50 battle in the playoffs between the challengers and Team Foresight. Yeah, even with four versus two, we're going to have our hands. And full, but at three versus three, uh, you know, I don't like those even odds. I definitely <laughs> I want the four to two. And yeah, Jay, like you said, hopefully we don't get bounced in the first round of the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. And then anything that happens after that is gravy. So a uh, quick disclaimer, if this is your first time listening, just know that we're speaking in terms of single QB full PPR redraft by default. And all of our fantasy finishes, as well as fantasy points per game calculations are all based on full PPR full PPR limited to weeks one through 16, according to fantasypros.com. And with that, we have 10 new buys and sells versus their aggregate projections. And then stick around at the end of the episode. Steve's going to walk you through a stash and dash strategy and uh, give you his speculative stashes heading into week 13 and looking beyond. First up, we have got the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Uh, the Vikes are at home versus the Jacksonville Jaguars today at 1 p.m. Minnesota is a 10-point favorite, according to Vegas, with an over-under of 51 and a half. Uh, his aggregate projection is QB 21. Total Foresight is buying that. We have him in at QB 10 this week. He has the second-best quarterback foresight strength of the schedule. Minnesota's offensive line has the fifth-best pass block advantage, according to Pro Football focus.com and when you look at his individual wide receiver versus defensive back matchups this is where it gets scary adam thielen has the best wide receiver defensive back individual matchup grade this week and justin jefferson has the fourth first and fourth individually overall and check this out his lone tight end this week kyle rudolph has the sixth best tight end matchup grade so there's just beautiful matchups for all of Kirk Cousins weapons all around there's been some talk about Dalvin Cook wearing down this week Detroit or I'm, I'm sorry Jacksonville secondary gives up all kinds of points uh to the passing game against opposing teams so I think it's going to be a very nice week for the passing attack for the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins himself has been QB7 over the past three weeks and his matchup this week is as good as it gets beating an aggregate projection of QB20 will be easy this week definite buy for me and you can confidently start him 
You know what? I, I gotta say, the the Vikings have righted the ship after a very rocky start to the season, winning, I believe, three out of their last four games. And, you know, Ben, you mentioned it. All the metrics are there. It makes total sense why Kirk Cousins should be able to beat his aggregate projection, which is probably why it will make zero sense when it doesn't happen. But an aggregate projection of QB 21? Like, even if I didn't feel comfortable rolling Kirk Cousins out there to beat his aggregate projection of that this week, you know, I'm with total foresight. You said he's been QB7 over the past three weeks, and QB10 seems like a very reasonable guesstimate for his finish this week. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy in uh, on Kirk Cousins beating his aggregate projection this week. I'm right there with both of you guys. It seems like a pretty straightforward, easy buy to make, you know, just given the entire situation. You know, the only argument you can make against, you know, the only argument you could make to possibly sell him would be, you know, does Kirk come out, have a bad, you know, one of those Kirk Cousins kind of days, and maybe they – you can run or pass all over Jacksonville. Right, but right. Ben, to, to the point you made, though, Dalvin Cook's banged up. And th- this is the kind of game where it's like, use use your weapons, use the passing game, kind of give Dalvin Cook a little bit of a break because you will need him in more important games down the stretch than this one. So, um, yeah, I, I think Kirk Cousins has a big day. And he's definitely, like you said, Ben, someone you can stream and start for sure this week. Yep, DFS target as well. And mm-hmm. Jay, you mentioned it. Me and Steve always get a little bit nervous on these type of Sundays where just a, a few people outside the community start giving the Cleveland Browns just a little bit of respect. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they're playing a very legitimate Tennessee oh, yeah. Titans team today. The battle of the eight and three AFC playoff, playoff contenders mm. today. And, uh, you know, the reason I'm bringing that up is because we had to include one this week, and that's Cleveland Browns running back Kareem Hunt. Uh, the Browns are at Tennessee today at 1 p.m. Uh, Vegas likes Tennessee as a five-point favorite with an over-under of 53. Kareem Hunt's current aggregate projection is RB19. Total foresight is buying that. We currently have him as RB16. The Browns running backs have the third-best running back foresight strength of schedule this week. And Cleveland's offensive line, you're going to love this, Steve, has the best pass block advantage this week and the 10th best run block advantage. So it definitely seems like the Browns ought to be able to control the line of scrimmage, which is huge in a game like this. Uh, Weather's going to be a non-factor. And rookie head coach Kevin Stefanski for the Cleveland Browns is an excellent game planner. This is a massive game for the Browns, and I fully expect the coach. I, I fully expect coach to trust Chubb and Hunt with the lion's share of the offensive workload this week. And I expect a ton of runs and passes to both running backs, Chubb and Hunt, this week. And I expect both to get in the end zone at least once. I'm buying Hunt. Hunt to be RB19, and I'm buying the Browns to take a massive step as a franchise with their highest quality win of the season. Let's go. <sighs> Love it, man. Uh, you know, you know, we have talked uh, ad nauseum on this podcast about the respect that we have for the Tennessee Titans and that coaching staff and the way they go about business and playing football. Um, so that would normally give me hesitancy in really rolling the dice on anybody going up against them on having a good fantasy day. It just, it makes me a little bit nervous. However, this week, the Browns wide receiving core is so thin. I believe they had three healthy receivers going into the game. I don't know if they brought anybody up, guys. You guys would know better than me uh, for depth, but they are going to have to rely on some other pass catchers. They're tight ends. Uh, in Hoopin and Joku, and then especially Kareem Hunt out of the backfield, their pass-catching specialist. So of any week where I would normally be nervous, it's not this week because they need Kareem Hunt to be involved more because they are so thin on the outside. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. The margin's a little thin. His aggregate projection's RB19. We have him ranked as RB16. It's not a huge difference. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy Kareem Hunt for those reasons. Uh, like you said, Jay, the margin is so thin. And I, and I do feel like that mid to low end RB2 spot that he's, you know, kind of in right there is seems, seems right. Um, I'm, I'm going to go a little contrarian just nice. Some of it's because I need to make up a game against you, Ben, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh uh, this is one of those because I do have respect for Tennessee and their coaching staff, and because we are 
definitely banged up a wide receiver. I think Tennessee was going to sell out to make Baker Mayfield have to beat us. And now are they going to have success stopping our running backs? I still don't think so. I mean, we're probably going to try to sell out to stop Derrick Henry today. And I'm scared to death of what that outcome is going to have as a Cleveland Browns fan. But um, I, I do think that they can slow down our running game enough to at least keep Kareem Hunt from, you know, finishing in that RB2 range, or at least, you know, it's one of those two. Maybe I'm hedging my bet a little bit with, hey, I'm happy to be wrong on this one if it means we get a W. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I certainly <laughs> understand that, Steve. And part of the reason that I feel a little better about Chubb this week, I'm sorry, uh, Hunt this week than Chubb is because, like you said, I do expect them to sell out to stop the run. But Kareem Hunt seems to be used a little bit more in the passing game than Chubb does. And that's a fair and, point. And that's why I think if 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 he doesn't get it one way, he'll get it another today because I expect Stefanski to do what we wanted him to do all season and just like 40-plus touches for those two this week, uh, Chubb and Hunt, just uh, a historically amazing running back duo that I hope we can keep in Cleveland for a couple more years. Uh, Steve, you mentioned it. I apologize. I'm a little tired this morning. Uh, I did not mention how we did with our buys and sells last week. If you recall – we did our buys and sells, not this past Thursday, but the Thursday prior, so pretty early. And the Ravens didn't end up playing until six days later on the following Wednesday. We had two of ourselves were Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews because they were both fully expected to play at the time. So those guys didn't end up playing because of COVID. And uh, so there was only eight buys and sells to have a record against last week. And uh, let's see. Week twelve total foresight went six and two. Jay and I went seven and one. Steve O, you went five and three on the season. Total foresight with over a sixty percent win percentage, eighty three and fifty four. I am one game behind total foresight at eighty two and fifty five. Steve O, uh, you are at seventy seven and sixty, and Jay, you are almost up to five hundred, my friend, yeah. at sixty seven and seventy. So uh, you know, not climbing not bad. back. Yep. And uh, really happy about that total foresight, 83 and 54. Um, so thank you for reminding me of that, Steve. And uh, sorry for the digression, everyone. And we will now move on to whoa, our whoa, next. Whoa. Before we move on, I would just like you to point out that the last two weeks, I'm 15 and three, a best 15 and three the last two weeks. I'll clap Welcome for myself. Season, brother. <laughs> Welcome to the season. Yep, thanks. Better late than never. Absolutely. Better late than never. Yep, for sure. We'll take it. You still, <laughs> still got to beat me, though. Um, moving on to our next week 13 bye. We have got the running back for the team I just talked about, the Baltimore Ravens, J.K. Dobbins. The Ravens are at home versus the Dallas Cowboys Tuesday at 805 uh there's currently no line on this game because i believe it was just announced a few minutes ago that uh um lamar jackson is back so now that vegas knows that there'll probably be a line on this game the aggregate projection for jk dobbins is rb29 total foresight is slightly buying that we have him as rb25 <clears throat> the ravens this week have the fifth best running back foresight strength of schedule but Baltimore's O-line does have the sixth worst run block advantage, according to Pro Football Focus. Weather's going to be a non-factor in this one. Uh, and as much as I dislike the Ravens, you're playing silly if you're ready to count them out for the season, especially this week at home versus the Cowboys. It's a must-win game for them. This team is super frustrated if you've watched them the past couple weeks, and they're getting a lot of their offensive firepower back. I expect an RB-friendly game script for the Ravens this week and for Dobbins to provide flex-worthy production. I'm buying versus RB29. I, I couldn't have summarized it better than that. Um, you know, against an, a price tag of RB29, if he doesn't get that in this game, I, that would be very disappointing. And I'm sure there are a lot of fantasy managers out there in Week 13 who would be sitting there scratching their heads very frustrated. So, yeah, against a price tag of RB29, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you guys. I, I really can't see him not finishing as an RB2 or better this week. And uh, I mean, he's somebody that in this matchup, if they decide to ride Dobbins, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes, you know, as like a mid to high end RB1. Uh, it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. So I'll buy that one as well. Yep. 
I think this is one of those we're not done yet type of weeks for the Ravens and uh, Dallas Cowboys are going to take it on the chin. We'll see, though. Uh, moving on to the next buy heading into week 13. Uh, Steve-O, man, I was hemming and hawing over this guy in our league of record. And when I saw the notification that you snatched him up, I was like, good for <laughs> you and shame on me for hesitating. We're talking about the wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. Sammy Watkins, the Chiefs are at home versus the hapless Denver Broncos on Sunday night football this week. Kansas City y'all, is a 13 and a half point favorite. Uh, the over under is 51. All he has to do is beat an aggregate projection of wide receiver 47. Total foresight is buying that. We only have him listed as wide receiver 40 because he's had some durability issues as always. Uh, but this was a one-week snapshot, and he does have the best wide receiver foresight strength of schedule heading into the week. Kansas City's offensive line is the 12th best pass block advantage, and Sammy individually has the 24th best wide receiver defensive back matchup grade. Uh, weather's going to be a non-factor out there in Arrowhead. Uh, Sammy has averaged six targets per game when healthy this season from Patrick Mahomes, and he's outperformed his aggregate projection in half of those games while battling through some injuries. At least for this week, he's healthy and has a very nice matchup and is good enough for me for an emergency flex start. I will buy. You know, he's he's a guy who I've kind of been hanging on to because, you know, he's been getting healthy over the last couple weeks and somebody who, like you said, Ben, you know, we were kind of high on entering the season because he was healthy. And when he is right, he and Pat Mahomes can make some magic and he's getting healthy right at the right time of the season heading into the fantasy playoffs. So he can be one of those guys who you can flex out there and he can hit you some home runs here and there. It makes me a little bit nervous. You know, it is a, it is a, a divisional game. Although Kansas City at home, the weather's nice. Broncos are terrible. Yeah. Uh, There's no Von know. Miller over there. Right, right. You know, so a, a price tag of WR 47. Gosh, it's like, which way is this going to go? I, you know, I, with the way Total Foresight has been accurate so far this season, especially down the stretch, I, I want to pick and choose my spots, and I'm just... I'm just not sure this is the spot to go against total foresight, so I'm going to go ahead and buy Sammy Watkins and and roll with TF. Well, yeah, you you guys both make a lot of great points. Um, of course, the biggest worry when it comes to Watkins is you know it could be like, hmm, I haven't seen him been targeted in a couple of quarters, and then you go out to Twitter and find out you know he's sidelined with a hamstring and he might not right, return. Right. But uh, all indications are you know he played a vast majority of the snaps last week for Kansas City. You know, he he's getting targeted when he's out there. He gets targets. They're high quality targets from Patrick Mahomes. And you feel like if he's as far as like you said, Ben, being an emergency flex, if he is out there and he is healthy, he'll give you a solid floor at least. Um, but like you said, Ben, with or I'm sorry, Jay, he has the home run potential. We've seen him have those explosive games. So, hey, if you are going to flex somebody in a in a tight spot and you can throw Watkins in your flex, then, hey, there's probably worse that you could do at this point in time. And then going back to the uh, total foresight, total foresight rank of WR40. I'll definitely, I'll definitely buy that as well. Uh, I think that you know he's he's had some letdown games, and I think he's kind of due to you know bust off that big play this week. Yep, and it's easy for people to forget about him. And Steve, you make the best point of all. The landscape out there, guys, in week 13 on the waiver wire and in free agency is just disgusting. So, yeah, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, there's nobody out there that's available that is that has Patrick Mahomes throwing it to him and that has that upside like Sammy and, does at the wide receiver position. And then just one more thing to add to, to your point, Ben. Uh, week 13, this is a big week for a lot of us. We're playing for playoff seating or just making the playoffs, period. And it's a weird seat. It's just been a weird season, but week 13, and we have the Buccaneers and the Panthers on by. So we're out of six startable receivers this week between what Mike Evans, right. Chris Godwin, yep. Antonio Brown, and Robbie Anderson, DJ. Moore, and I just lost and, Will Fuller to a suspension. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, it's, it's definitely extra cruddy this week for wide receivers and, Again, it's like you, you don't feel good and clean about Roland Watkins out there, but we do what we got to do and get the points we have to get. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. And uh, we mentioned him once earlier on this podcast episode, but our last buy of the week heading into week 13 is Minnesota Vikings tight end blast from the past. Kyle Rudolph, guys. Like I said with Kirk Cousins, the Vikes are home versus Jacksonville at 1 p.m. They have a nice 10-point favorite. 
uh, and an over-under of 51.5. The aggregate projection for Kyle Rudolph is a mere tight end 23. Total foresight is emphatically buying that. We currently have him as tight end 13, very streamable. Uh, he has the seventh best foresight strength of schedule this week. Minnesota's offensive line has the fifth best pass block advantage, and he has the sixth best individual tight end matchup grade, Kyle Rudolph, this week. Uh, they're in a dome, so it's a non-factor. Here's the key to Kyle Rudolph. You guys might hear him if you're not really, really dialed in and be like, what are you talking about? But listen, Irv Smith has missed week 10 and week 12 due to injury. In week 10 in Irv's absence, Rudolph was tight end 12, going four receptions on five targets for 63 yards. And in week 12 in Irv's absence, Rudolph was tight end eight, going seven receptions on eight targets for 68 yards. He's once again the lone tight end, and this week he has an outstanding matchup. Buy for me in a very solid streamer play in week 13. You know, it all makes sense, and I and I, you know, I'm a Kyle Rudolph guy, but I I feel like I like I said earlier, I got to pick and choose my spots to kind of make up some ground on you guys, and you know, tight end 23 shouldn't be hard to best for him, but Minnesota may not need Kyle Rudolph to move the chains against the Jags defense. They may be able to just control this game and either establish the run and or you know use their wide receivers. So. This is the spot where I'm going to go ahead and say for some reason, you know, Kyle Rudolph doesn't get in the end zone. He has a couple of grabs, you know, a nice fine game for him, but just doesn't quite get there. So I'm going to, I'm going to sell Kyle Rudolph on tight end 23. I don't feel great about it, but I, I got to go for it here. Real quick, Steve, sorry, but what you just described, Jay, is still enough to beat the, the trash that is tight end 23. <laughs> sure, I that, I That's what I was sitting there thinking. I'm like, yeah, three for 33 might put him there. Yeah, I'll get it done. Like I said, I don't yeah. feel great about it. <laughs> um, and to that point, I will uh, go ahead and buy Kyle oh, Rudolph uh, this week. And, and for all the reasons that you've already stated, Ben, it's, uh, you know, it seems like a, a perfectly suitable spot to stream him this week for anybody who's out there, which is probably like everybody except maybe three teams in your league who need a tight end for this week. Uh, you can go grab yeah. Rudolph. It's not a bad play. Great but yeah, I'll, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely buy him this week. Nice. Uh, Jay, you're right. Uh, you know, I don't like to always go with the chalk of total foresight and you have to pick your spots. And this next guy, our first sell of the week is where I'm picking mine. Uh, total foresight currently, uh, has Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons quarterback, Matt Ryan as aggregate projected QB 12 total foresight is selling that only likes him as QB 14. The Falcons are at home versus the saints. New Orleans is a three point road favorite with an over under a 46. And the Falcons have the third worst quarterback foresight strength of schedule. And Atlanta's offensive line has the 10th worst pass block advantage. However, when you go to pro football focus and you look at the individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grades this week, Julio Jones has the third best. Ridley has the 14th and Gage has the 32nd and, and Hayden Hurst has the 14th ranked tight end matchup grade. Uh, they're in a dome, so weather's not a factor. And uh, Matty Ice and Atlanta's offense have been disappointing this season, to say the least. And I am somebody that went in all in on the offensive shares of this offense. And uh, uh, yeah, it bit me. Though he's been pretty inconsistent, Matty Ice has got a full slate of weapons at home. And Julio, Ridley, and Hurst all have top 14 or better individual matchup grades this week. And the Falcons are tied for the second worst yards per carry on the ground as a team. So, you know, the running game is not going to be there. They're going to have to pass like they always do. It may not be some weak winning performance, but I do think Matty Ice will manage to do enough this week to exceed QB 14. I will go against the grain on this one and I will buy all right, man. Yeah, you said it. Uh, one of the bigger disappointments this fantasy season for me, especially, you know, we talked about how how much of an improvement, uh, you know, Matt Ryan has year two versus year one with an offensive coordinator. So we had lofty expectations for him in this offense, especially with a terrible defense on the Atlanta Falcons. You know, we thought they just game script wise, they'd be forced to throw the ball a ton. And it really hasn't translated on the fantasy side for Matt Ryan, which has been yeah, just really, really confusing and disappointing. I know they've been banged up in their wide receiving core at times this season, but really no no explanation or no excuses for, for their performances. So 
for that reason, it's just difficult for me to trust Matt Ryan on the fantasy side. So finishing as a QB1 this week against the Saints, a divisional opponent, you know, they know them well. They should know how to exploit that defense. You talked about all their matchup grades, so it does make sense, but they just haven't gotten it done with enough consistency for me this season. So I'm going to go ahead and sell Matt Ryan against QB12 this week. Yeah, if you guys saw my head looking down pretty much the whole time you guys were talking, I'm just digging through the Twitter sphere looking for any definite news on whether or not Julio Jones will be active. Um, from all indications, he will be if there's no pregame setbacks. And, you know, the the reason I'm looking for that, other than the fact I have him on our team of record and I'm very interested in that myself, is um, when it comes to Matt Ryan and that whole Atlanta offense. I don't have all the stats in front of me, but there is just a horrific drop off for every player except for maybe Calvin Ridley in that offense, including Matt Ryan, when Julio is healthy and out there as compared to when he's not. So I'm going to go under the assumption that Julio Jones is going to suit up and not just simply be a decoy, but even if he's out there as a decoy, it'll help Matt Ryan tremendously in that entire offense. So Julio's out there. I will also um, buy this week. Um, I, I think that the, the volume will be there. Atlanta really can't run the ball successfully. And it's a matchup against New Orleans where you can't run the ball successfully anyway. So even if some of it comes via, uh, you know, garbage time, I just, I think that he'll get there, that he'll finish. He will finish better than QB 14. So I'm going to buy as well. Yeah, you're right, Steve. Uh, this team goes, this offense goes as Julio goes. And uh, as of 8 a.m. today, uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport uh, did report that he expects Julio to play. So hope all signs are currently pointing to that. And, Jay, you also made a lot of very logical points. Um, and what we have joked about on the side this season is, Sometimes it just, uh, you know, it'll go against the grain for you. And this is one of those spots where just like A.J. Brown last week, I was on an island. Uh, you know, it's just like, ah, it doesn't make sense. I'm going with A.J. Brown. He returns a kickoff for a touchdown. Has a couple big plays Listen, for a touchdown. That's fantasy football. This could be some big Julio week. If there's one thing 2020 should have taught us so far, it's that you can just throw logic out the window. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, this next guy is on our list. It might scratch your head, but I checked this one. This is one where I had to check several times against that aggregate projection that I was seeing in front of my face. And uh, Denver Broncos running back Philip Lindsay is our next total foresight sell this week. His aggregate projection is it, it indicates that somebody might want you to flex him this week at RB35. Total foresight is saying no way, selling. RB 49, the Denver Broncos, like we've talked about with Sammy Watkins are on the road in Arrowhead at Kansas city on Sunday night football, 13 and a half point dogs with uh, an over under of 51 points. Eighth worst running back foresight strength of schedule for the Broncos this week. Denver's offensive line has a middle of the road, 15th ranked running, running uh, run block advantage. Sorry. And over the last four weeks, Philip Lindsay has averaged less than 35 yards per game. Plus, I expect Denver to be down and down fast in right. this game. So the Broncos running backs will get game scripted out very early. Definite sell for me. Do not start him. Do not flex him. And I mean, if you're thinking about doing that, tweet at us and we will tell us who else is available. We'll tell you who's better than him. Because it's probably <laughs> all of the above. You know, I, I was somebody who, entering the season, was kind of high on taking Melvin Gordon later in drafts and trying to find that value in the Denver Broncos' backfield because, you know, it was it was a little bit muddled, and we said, you know, follow the money, and the money was with Melvin Gordon. But, you know, this backfield's been very disappointing by and large. I know, I know the offense kind of has two, and I know they've had injuries and crazy fluke weeks where they don't even have a quarterback, and the quarterback play has been iffy at best, but... You know, they just haven't, the the offensive play calling from what I've seen, you know, hasn't used Melvin Gordon to his strengths, passing to him out of the backfield as much as you would think that they should. And and that's, I think, impacted Phillip Lindsay too. You know, they're, they're two somewhat similar players, and I just don't feel like they're getting the volume, the type of work that they should to kind of lean on their best talents to put them in a position to succeed. So, you know, Ben, you said it, tough matchup. 
prime time. I don't feel like they're getting the usage to put them in a good spot. So for all of those reasons, I, I'm going to go ahead and agree and sell Philip Lindsay against a price tag of RB35. Yeah, fellas, even with the running back landscape being as just depressing as it is in fantasy football, I still have to just sell this one really hard. This might be the sell of the week for me. And and it just... <laughs> it, and it it goes back to you know everything you guys have talked about, but then you know I could see where someone might be like, well, you know, to, to have a chance, they're going to have to really try to run the football. Well, good luck with that. Right. You don't have this. You you don't have the. You know, it's not a good matchup for them to try to run the football. They really just when you look at the whole personnel of the offense, it's it's just bad. And. Um, their defense is also bad. So the game script is going to put them in a situation where they can't run the football anyways. So and it's not and like Phillip they're passing Lindsay, the football. It's not going to get, they're not yeah. passing he's not their backs go line the backfield anyways. Yeah. So what's not going to get targets. He won't. Yeah. No targets, no goal line work, nothing. It's one of those games where I could see him putting up a nice little nine for 16 line yeah. scores you 1.6 points. And you're like, why did I flex him? Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just selling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I try to throw on non-obvious type of guys on here, and I, I felt like I had to qualify his existence on this episode this week a little bit. But yeah, RB35, don't get fooled, kids. Do not start this guy this week. Um, and then moving on to our next two cells uh, heading into week 13, our second pair of teammates on this episode this week. And, uh, you know, it's how the mighty have fallen the last few weeks. Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is our next total foresight sell because the Cardinals are at home versus the L.A. Rams today at 4.05 p.m. Rams are a three-point road favorite with an over-under of 48.5. DeAndre Hopkins' aggregate projection is understandably wide receiver three. Total foresight is saying manage those expectations. We're giving him the the wide receiver one respect that he is due, uh, and we still have him as wide receiver eight. But do not be expecting that wide receiver three, like league-winning, week-winning type of performances this week. Um, the the foresight site strength of schedule for the Cardinals wide receivers is six worst and as is Arizona's O-line pass block advantage six worst and individually uh, I believe he's probably going to draw draw Jalen Ramsey as the 42nd ranked wide receiver defensive back individual matchup grade this week Diop is as good as anybody but Jalen Ramsey is uh, nobody to sneeze at either plain and simple it's not even about DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray's throwing shoulder has been a bit off for a couple of weeks now, and the Rams defense is one of the best in the league, and all the matchup metrics I just covered tell that story. I love DeAndre Hopkins, but until his QB looks to be 100%, there's no way I can buy wide receiver three versus this defense. Gotta sell. Huh. Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray having some criticism about their ability to throw the ball. Whoever would have guessed that? Hey, timeout. Kyler's is injury related. <laughs> you know, let's be fair. Uh, no, you know what? This one's very simple for me. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, tough matchup. Price tag at WR three. I, I mean, I can't bet on him to be, finish as one of the top two receivers this week in fantasy football. Are you kidding me? This is an easy push for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I don't really have to say anything else. <laughs> It, it pretty straightforward yeah. with yeah. all the points you made, Ben. Now, but to, you know, and but, but to Ben, you know, you you mentioned it uh, about Philip Lindsay. Don't roll this guy out here. You still roll DeAndre Hopkins out there, just with the understanding that he's sure. not going to finish as a top three wide receiver this week in fantasy football. He's going to disappoint you a little bit, but he's still a guy you stroll out there. We're not saying that. Right. You know, you start him with the expectations that like, okay, you know, this, this helps influence your, maybe like your flex decision right, or your wide right. receiver three decision. Precisely, uh, yeah. Instead of going with like a higher floor guy, you maybe want to roll the dice and go with a, you it's know, just higher not gonna upside be his best guy week. this week. Right. Right. And, you know, his teammate, wide receiver Christian Kirk, same deal. His aggregate projection is wide receiver 26. Total foresight is selling him, liking him as wide receiver 36. Same, uh, you know, team metrics as DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, he has the 58th ranked individual wide receiver defensive back matchup grade. Uh, the same principles we just discussed in selling his teammate DeAndre Hopkins also apply to the far less talented Christian Kirk. Simple as that. I'm selling. Uh, no, you're right. And, and we've seen it before. 
before with quarterbacks with banged up shoulders that it's just very tough to trust any kind of reliable production. So yeah, I'm I'm all out on the receiving core in Arizona right now. So hard sell. Yeah, you you look at the uh, you said have been the 58th ranked wide receiver DB individual matchup. Um, you know, uh, you might think, oh well, Jalen Ramsey is going to be on or. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, so that means Christian Kirk's going to have a better day, and that's just not the case. Uh, Darius Williams, who plays opposite of Ramsey, he's been o- almost just as good. There, there's a reason you just don't target wide receivers against the secondary. And um, and like you said, Ben, not nearly the superior talent that um, DeAndre Hopkins is. So while wide receiver 26, it, you know, isn't – it nearly as high as wide receiver three. Right. I still have to just sell that. Right. Yeah. That, that gap is commensurate with the talent gap between uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Christian. Yeah. Kirk. So yeah, it all, it all it equals out there. Uh, our last sell heading into week 13, before we get on to Steve's speculative stashes for the week, we've got Philadelphia Eagles tight end, Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz, that's correct, everybody. The Eagles are at Green Bay Sunday at 425 today. Green Bay is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite with an over-under of 49. Coming off injury automatically, we're seeing an aggregate projection of Zach Ertz of tight end five because his name is Zach Ertz. Total Foresight is selling this. We do have him as tight end 12, uh, but the Eagles have the fourth worst foresight strength to schedule this week. Philly's O-line has the seventh worst pass block advantage. Now, Zach Ertz does supposedly have the seventh best individual tight end matchup grade this week. Dallas Goddard, anybody? And coming off IR with an ankle in a season where he didn't even look that good before he got hurt, I am in no way buying tight end five in his first week back. His teammate, Dallas Goddard, has been tight end six in fantasy points per game on the season, and I think he's the new guy at the tight end position on that team. Uh, Ertz is a definite sell for me, and I believe I saw something somewhere about uh, Coach Peterson talking about maybe managing his reps a little bit this week, too. So, again, I just tight end five for Zach Ertz at any point this season, let alone coming off of a week-long ankle injury is a no way for me. Uh, yeah, a line of seven points, by the way. Everybody out there, give the points. That is the easiest <laughs> money there is. It's eight, it's eight and a half, but Whatever. I think the sentiment still applies. I'll yeah. give them ten. <laughs> give ten <laughs> points. Uh, yeah, and I'm selling that entire Eagles offense. It's just, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And all the points you just made, Ertz coming off injury, it's just that that price tag, no thank you. Yeah, there, there's not any logical argument that I could make <laughs> to possibly buy uh, Zach Ertz this week, um, finishing tight end five or higher. Um, I think I mean, he could catch a touchdown pass, and I still don't think he'll necessarily come close to that. So uh, I, I have to sell that as well. Like I said, it's I just cannot go against logic, and I have to sell. Yeah, and our buy at the tight end position last week was his teammate Dallas Goddard. And if I remember correctly, he was the tight end one overall in week 12. Yeah. You know, like Dallas Goddard has uh, really established himself mm-hmm. as a legitimate yeah. pass catching weapon on this offense. Yep. And I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Ertz not being there has something to do with. G- just how bad Carson Wentz has looked because his best friend isn't there. And he he's, that's usually a safety blanket from a target perspective, but you know, it'd be one thing if up until the moment Ertz got hurt, he was balling out just like he normally does this year, but he, he was a missing persons report was out on this guy. So, you know, I, it just one of those cautionary tales, you know, just, just because his name's Zach Ertz and he might do something for you in the playoffs, but you got to see it first before you roll him out there in your starting lineup. Yep. So uh, that'll do it for our buys and sells this week uh, versus their aggregate projection heading into week 13. And now uh, we got we got a great segment for you. If you have some middling wide receiver four, wide receiver five, or whatever, some boring snooze fest at the end of your bench, listen to the list of guys that Steve's going to tell you uh, because you got the playoffs coming up. You need to be planning ahead, not just for week 14, but potentially week 15 and 16 as well, if you can. Uh, so, you know, without further ado, Steve, who are your speculative stashes heading into week 13 and beyond? 
Yeah, and um, uh, before I get into it, anyone listening, if you want to check out fancyforesight.com, um, our website, and go to the Foresight Encyclopedia tab, uh, you know, I do have a spec stash, like weekly piece that goes up. And, um, you know, the last, starting last week and the rest of the season, I'm really kind of focusing on looking at like quarterback streamers, uh, DST streamers, um, just because, you know, in a lot of competitive leagues, People tend not to have, you know, one on their bench. They're just starting one. And we're at the point in time in the season where um, you you don't want to be left if you're streaming, not having the best possible guys in your lineup in the playoffs. So if you have any bench capacity, stash as much as you can into the future, looking at those weeks, 14, 15, 16 matchups. Um, these two guys know from playing with me in our league of record, I've, I've been known to at times, I don't care. Any expert can make fun of me. I sometimes have three DSTs on my bench heading into the playoffs because there's just juicy matchups. And I'm like, Hey, if I can afford to stash those guys, I certainly will. So I just kind of right now have a running list of, you know, weeks 14, 15, 16, based on availability and matchup of quarterbacks and DSTs. So, um, and not to spend a lot of time, I'll just look forward at week 14 here on the podcast and, um, you know, and anyone who wants to check that out to see weeks 15 and 16, head on over to our website. So, uh, and if court- you're like me, last week, pay attention. He's not talking about week 13. He's talking about week 14. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we, this is looking ahead at week 14. This is somebody that you – and again, you're going to pick them up now because next week people will put in fab bids or use a waiver priority. And d- depending on whether you have the fab money left or you have a waiver priority ahead of who you're playing – um, you just stash them now so you don't have to sweat that stuff out. So um, in week 14, really the two quarterback matchups that I have highlighted are um, Phillip Rivers, quarterback of the Colts. He's re- pretty available, rostered in only 33% of leagues. Um, and it's just because he has a matchup against the Raiders. Um, my only hesitancy with him would be he's, you know, he's a little banged up. Uh, so you want to keep an eye on that, see how how much they let him air it out this week. But, you know, he's been averaging, I think it's like 36 pass attempts a week. Um, and he's been very usable in fantasy football. Um, Don't want to interrupt you, Steve, but to your point there, did just get a notification a few minutes ago per Ian Rappaport that Rivers will need off-season foot surgery. So just for whatever that's worth as far sure. as monitoring his health. So, and, and it's really not uh, – that good of a week week 14 as far as looking ahead at quarterback streamers because the other guy I have listed here he's not nearly as available but the reason I had had him on this list is because I've seen some pretty competitive leagues where he has been available and again it just goes to I think in some of the real competitive like expert loaded leagues you see that they a lot of guys just simply won't roster two quarterbacks they will stream week to week and do what they have to do but you know Ryan Tannehill plays the Jacksonville Jaguars at home and or I'm sorry they travel to Jacksonville and earlier in the season they played them at home he dropped four touchdowns on them so that's somebody that if he's available and you are streaming go pick him up now um because that's as good of a matchup as you can get and sure you're gonna have to worry about Derrick Henry eating in that game but I think that's the case in every game when it comes to Tennessee but Tannehill's been highly efficient all season um he was efficient when he played him in week two so um but really, that's all I have at quarterback. It's a lot more interesting, though, looking ahead at the DST matchups in Week 14 because there's some DSTs sitting out there right now that have very low um, roster percentages. And so I will start out with the Tennessee Titans. They're only rostered in 27%. And I'm sorry, when I say roster percentages, I'm speaking towards Yahoo leagues. Um, so I'm sure it'll vary a little bit from platform to platform. But the Tennessee Titans, going back to that that matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's, you know, it's one of those, what do we want to do when we're playing a DST? We try to target a terrible offense with terrible quarterback play and Jacksonville checks both of those boxes and in Tennessee, while they've been a letdown defensively this season, you know, they still are a team that is well coached with a defensive oriented mind head coach. So, you know, that's something I like as well. So that's a pretty nice matchup. Again, looking forward to next week, that's going to be one of those defenses that everyone is putting in waiver claims trying to pick up. 
Um, Carolina Panthers DST is rostered in only 4% of leagues. So you could definitely go pick them up right now. And again, same concept. They host the Denver Broncos. So, and I like that a lot too, because I also like when teams who are dumpster fires offensively with bad quarterback play with nothing to play for in their season are also making long road trips. And that is the case in this game as well. And the Panthers, for what it's worth, they have been playing a little better defensively, but we've seen it time and time again this season. You can have teams that aren't necessarily considered even like a a top 20 defensive team put up some really nice fantasy uh, days because they're just, they're playing teams that turn the ball over and give up sacks. And to that point, the Dallas Cowboys, and that's because they visit the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's another DST that is sitting out there because they're only rostered in 16% of leagues. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised the roster um, share is that high, but they are available. And uh, I mean, that's about as good as it gets as well. When you look at, um, you know, a DST uh, matchup. So again, if you want to see who I have uh, listed for weeks 15 and 16, just head out to fancy the foresight encyclopedia tab. I got some other, uh, uh, QB and DST streamers listed out there, but now I'd like to, uh, as we t- like to talk about every week is just, touch on our uh, stash and dash strategy. And it also ties into my PSA that I give every week of pick up available backup running backs. So when I talk about stashing and dashing, uh, it's just something I like to do. I mean, these guys know it from, we are all so active in our league. If you play in a league where you aren't being charged for transactions If you really want to win, shame on you if you aren't out there leading your league in transactions, because if you can, why not? And so stashing and dashing is, you know, it's looking at the slate of games. So today, for instance, you're looking at those 1 p.m. games and you're like, okay, who in my league is available as a backup running back that should the RB1 on that team go down is going to be an instant viable fantasy asset. And I think for most teams in 2020, us as fantasy managers, there's a lot of running backs that would instantly be put into our starting lineups should they be given the lion's share of the workload through an injury. So I'll look at the 1 p.m. games, see if there's anybody, pick the best guy that I could find available, throw him at the end of my bench. Okay, there's no injury that was sustained in front of him. Well, then I'm looking at that 4.25 p.m. slate okay, here's this backup running back. I'll go grab him because I'll drop the guy picked up at 1 p.m. And you're basically just repeating that over and over and over again until there is that injury and you do hit on that player because we all know from playing fantasy football long enough, and even if you're new to playing fantasy this season, you've seen it. The most important waiver priority guys, the guys that get the most fab dropped on them every week, even if it's a running back that can only be used for one week, it's always the running backs. And um, the best way to not find yourself in a situation where you're in the playoffs and you see your opponent ending, you know, snagging some guy who's going to be an instant RB1 the following week is, you know, hopefully you already had picked him up and you just, again, avoid sweating that out and being in that situation. So that is, you know, in a nutshell, the stash and dash strategy. I've been following, I've been utilizing that for a long time. It has definitely paid off more times than, I mean, I don't mean to say more times than not. It has not paid off more times than not. But when it does pay off, um, it certainly feels so good to be like, boom, I just got a starting running back that I'm going to use next week. And you got him for absolutely nothing in your fantasy league. Right. The per transaction net gain is not very high, but when you do this exercise every week, more weeks than not, you're going to come away with one quality fantasy addition to your team. And like Steve said, it's low risk or low risk, high reward. It's like playing a scratch off ticket. You know, if if you lose, no big deal. Move on to the next guy. If you win, you're just one big. So uh, yeah, that's, that's a love that segment every week. Have a great list of buys and sells for everybody heading into week 13. Definitely check out all our great work at fantasyforce.com, our total foresight, uh, Steve's foresight encyclopedia blogs, 
you know, it's I can't believe that it's the last week of the fantasy football regular season for the majority of people. And for the majority of people, we've got three weeks left of the fantasy season as far as our postseason goes. And, yeah, it seems like we just started yesterday. We'll see if everybody can get all – I mean, God forbid we have any COVID craziness in the fantasy playoffs. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that all goes. I, I think COVID's going to have something to say about all this before all, all is said and done like it has throughout the season. But, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, been an interesting year. Uh, yes, but, you know, I, I'm – I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of glad that we're we're getting towards the end of this roller coaster ride because it's been crazier than most seasons. But uh, you know this it, this was a definitely a fun episode, and I'm hoping for a fun week in fantasy. Amen, brother. You know, like you said, the the end of the regular season here, drama is high, and now that there's light at the end of the tunnel, I feel reinvigorated to really ride this thing out. You know, the playoffs are here. It's go time. It's fun time. So. I'm really looking forward to a fun day of watching my fantasy teams, watching some good football, and really enjoying it today. Yep. Yeah. Definitely, guys. Go Browns. I was just going to say, Jay, you started it off, you know, uh, the the biggest joy for Steve and I is it is week 13, and our Browns are are the five seed in the AFC playoff picture. Like, we (laughs) – we I like playing meaningful we have football. Real, real, like seriously, for all you people out there that aren't familiar with the plight of being a Browns fan, in typical years, we've been talking about the upcoming draft for a month. For a oh, month yeah. at this time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not been one mock draft that I've heard on local radio this year because <laughs> we're all all in on this year right now. And I mean you know, the Browns have a very, very tough test on the road today, and we are going to find out a lot about who yep. they really are, who Baker Mayfield really is today. Uh, you know, I'm excited to hear the answer to that question, to see the answer to that question, uh, because unlike some earlier uh, very disappointing games against teams like the Ravens and the Steelers, even if we don't pull it out today, I want to see the Browns show that we are legitimate playoff contending team we belong and man you know i I don't know it it, it's it's the type of game this year that it would make sense for a team like the browns to win because it's 2020 and i can remove my bias and personal desire from that it would just be so 2020 for the browns to go win this game yep amen it's gonna be a great day guys enjoy it and we'll catch everybody next time around Yes, we will. We will be back on Wednesday to discuss the first round of your fantasy playoffs. We'll have a whole new list of buys and sells versus their aggregate projections heading into week 14. Can't wait. And that wraps up this episode of Fantasy Foresight, the podcast. We thank you for joining us. Be sure to visit us, as always, at FantasyForesight.com. Use the links at the bottom of the page to find us across social media, including Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you pod. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next time.